John 14, 15 to 24. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be with you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you, yet a little while, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live, you also will live. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Pray with me. Father in heaven, again, we're grateful for this day that you've given us, and a day and a time to to gather around your word and to see what you have to say, but not only to hear your words, but to listen to them, and not only to listen to them, but to do what you say. Father, touch my tongue and my lips today. Let your words come clearly into our hearts. Let us know what your will for us is today, and let us act upon that. We thank you for answering this prayer, even as we speak it. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. A wealthy businessman who was well known for being ruthless and unethical told Mark Twain that before he died, he wanted to make a pilgrimage to the Holy Land. He said that when he got there, he wanted to climb to the top of Mount Sinai where Moses received the Ten Commandments and read them out loud from there. I have a better idea, replied Twain in his typical wit. You could just stay in Boston and keep the Ten Commandments. (laughs) I believe that Jesus would have preferred that He remain in Boston and keep the Ten Commandments as well. But we always prefer some great religious experience to routine obedience, don't we? People always want to talk about their religious experience and a lot of people who are not very obedient to God. We would like some mountaintop emotion rather than actually showing the evidence of a changed life. I've met many folks over the years who talked a lot about some spiritual encounter that they've had, but never showed much evidence of it when they came to when it came to the way they lived. And uh, I like there, there's something that uh, a meme on the internet I've seen where a, a guy is saying, "Oh Lord, show me Your will," and this big hand is coming down out of heaven holding a Bible, and the fellow looks surprised. Because we can find it there. We can find God's will. We can find what He wants. Evangelist Charles Finney believed, revival is nothing more or less than a new obedience to God. I have to agree with that. Because obedience is how we best express our love. I believe that most people, including those who attend church regularly, spend the greater part of their lives obeying their own desires rather than God's will. 
Maybe you're one of them. I think I know all of you pretty well, but maybe I don't. But if you are one of them, i got to ask, how's that working out for you? Is that working out the way you expected? Are you, <coughs> excuse me, are you really satisfied with who you are and where you are spiritually if you're not being obedient to the Word of God? 19th century agnostic Thomas Huxley, famous for promoting Darwinism and humanism, was rushing to catch a train in Dublin. He climbed aboard one of Dublin's famous horse-drawn taxis and said to the driver, Hurry! I'm almost late. Drive fast. Off they went at a furious pace and Huxley sat back in his seat and closed his eyes. Later, when he opened his eyes and glanced out the window, he realized they were going the wrong direction. And remembering that he hadn't told the driver where to take him, he called out, Do you know where you're going? And the driver replied, No, Your Honor, but I'm driving really fast. Are you going nowhere fast? in your Christian walk. You are if you're not living in obedience to God's Word. Obedience is so important in showing our love for Jesus. How often I've been told through the years, God knows I love Him. God knows I love Him. I don't have to do anything to prove that. God certainly knows I love Him. I think about Him most of the time and He knows that. He knows that. So He knows I love Him. I sure don't have to obey any certain commands for Him to know I love Him because in my heart, I love Him. I don't have to go to church. Uh, I don't have to take communion. I, I don't really have to love my neighbor if they're, if they're rotten neighbors. You know, if, if I love God and God knows I love Him, I don't really have to love my neighbor. And I sure don't have to be baptized, you know, because He knows I love Him. I love Him in my heart. And, and, and then they like to just Quote from that wonderful old hymn, we love Jesus paid it all. All to Him I owe. Or not a thing I owe. Excuse me. Not a thing I owe. Jesus paid it all. People love that song, don't they? I'm done. Life is good. And I'm living it my way. God's ways are so much higher than ours, church. Isaiah 55, 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Our thoughts, our way of doing things, our way of thinking, well, God knows I love Him, is not God's way of thinking that we show that we love Him. Four times in the ten verses of our text, Jesus links our love for Him directly to our willingness to obey His commands. Three times He does it in a positive manner and once in a negative. So we're going to start with the positive. No love, that's K-N-O-W, that is the knowledge. No love, no obedience. Verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And this statement by Jesus should settle any argument that any one of us might have. You cannot just feel good about God. Or just acknowledge His existence and expect that your good thoughts will settle as a statement of love. Love is not a feeling. It's an act of the will. 46 years, and I think I can speak for Beth in saying there are some times that she probably didn't feel like she loved me. There are just some times I, I wasn't very lovely. And she just had to, she had to act out her love. She had to show her love. She had to, she had to 
make it a part of her will to love me when I wasn't very lovely. 46 years, and I know that that's the truth. You can ask her, and she, I don't think she could number all the times, but, but she would, and she was right to have a hard time, probably, I'm sure. So anyway, it was an act of the will that she would love me, even when I wasn't lovely. And Jesus is always lovely. God is always lovely, but it's got to be an act of our will. It's not a feeling because some days we feel like we love Jesus and we feel good about being a Christian. Other days, maybe we don't feel so good about it. If Jesus just felt good about the idea of the cross, we'd all be lost to an eternity in hell, wouldn't we? If He just said, well, I feel good about that. That'd be a good thing for me to go there. He showed His love by obedience to His Father by going to the cross. He gave His life on a Roman cross for you and me. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. John 15, 13. And he showed that love by laying down his life. If you love Jesus, obey him. What's so hard about that? It just Can I just say it drives me nuts that people think that's a difficult thing? If we love him, obey him. 1 John 5, 3. Loving God means obeying his commands. And God's commands are not too hard for us. And they're not. I mean, sometimes we might think it's hard to give up a sin that we enjoy, but it's really not when we realize all that we receive by giving up that sin. Obedience brings manifestation. Obedience brings manifestation. Verse 21, Whoever has my commandments and keeps them he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Now, to manifest is to make evident or known. In other words, you can't know Christ without obedience. Anyone who says, I know Jesus, but is not obedient to his commands, does not know him because He doesn't manifest Himself to those who are not obedient. You can't know peace without obedience. You can't know salvation without obedience. Titus 1.16 says, They profess to know God, but they deny Him by their works. They are detestable, disobedient, unfit for any good work. Now that tells us a great deal in that, that we are unfit for any good work for Christ if we are disobedient to Him. Our arguments or your arguments for not obeying simple commands in the Bible do nothing but cause you to lose blessings in the kingdom of God. Whenever we sit back and say, well, I just don't really need to do that. It, we lose blessings in the kingdom. Why would you continue to argue about His commands and continue to lose blessings? So, when a command is revealed to you, don't argue. It may be in your own Bible reading. It may be when the preacher says something from the Scriptures. It may be when you're listening to someone on the radio. Or maybe it's even a Christian song that, that promotes a Scripture. But when, you, when a command is revealed to you, don't argue, don't fuss, don't make excuses, just obey. I know that's how my dad was. You didn't argue with my dad when he gave a, when he gave a command. You did it because you knew there were consequences of not doing it. So you just did it. When our Father gives us a command, our Father in heaven, then let's just obey. Samuel said, Has the Lord 
as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to listen than the fat of rams. 1 Samuel 15.22 And when we say better than the fat of rams, you have to understand in their days, the fat was put on the altar for the sacrifice because the, the fat had positive connotations back in those days, not negative as in, as in our day. And so that, that fat was, was saying that that was all that was good of the meat. I don't know about you, but I like the fat. When I'm, when I'm grilling a steak, the best is you can have that fatty piece. I like that. You know, that's, that's good. That's tasty. And, and uh, that's why it was put on the sacrifice. And it was a good thing. And it's saying here that to obey is better than sacrifice and to listen to God, listening to His commands, is better than, than the fat of the sacrifice. Obedience produces indwelling. Verse 23. Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. See, it's not just by believing, not just mental assent, it's by keeping or obeying the word of God that we show our love to Jesus. And when we show our love through obedience to His Word, He comes to live in us. He doesn't come in to live in us just by our saying, well, I believe you're there. Peter said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts 2.38 Now that Scripture ought to make it clear to seekers of the truth everywhere that Jesus does not come into our heart simply by inviting Him to do so. In fact, may I say, the statement that we hear so often, Jesus come into my heart, cannot be found anywhere in the Bible. Nowhere in the Bible do you find Jesus come into my heart. Say Jesus come into my heart and you'll be saying, it's not there. You find it, I'll give you $100. So go looking for it this week. I'll give you, I promise you, $100 so you can find it. And by the way, the... Uh, Say this prayer and you'll get saved. It's not in the Bible either. Uh, Beth was showing me this week, someone had posted on social media, somebody that we know had posted on social media, uh, believe in Jesus Christ to be saved and had given the Scripture for it, had given the Scripture and the reference and repent to be saved, repent or perish and had given the Scripture for it. And then under that had said, pray this prayer. And it had this whole prayer, Jesus come into my heart and everything else. Guess what? No Scripture reference. Because it's not there. It is not there. Because it is not by lifting a hand or just saying this that we are saved. It is by obedient faith. Obedient faith, which leads to salvation, is found in the Bible over and over and over again. If you want to be sure that Jesus is living in you, don't second guess Him. Obey His Word and enjoy new life in Him. And let's go back to verse 23 again. Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Now, the next one is no love. That is N-O, negative. Here's our negative one. No love, no obedience. The first part of verse 24. Whoever does not love me 
does not keep my words. Now this makes it very simple. The best way to prove that you don't love Jesus and that you don't respect the Word of God is to argue, complain, disagree, and procrastinate anything but obey His Word. An umpire named Babe Pinelli once called Babe Ruth out on strikes. When the crowd booed with sharp disapproval at the call, the legendary Ruth turned to the umpire with disdain and said, there's 40,000 people here who know that the last pitch was a ball to made a hit. Suspecting that the umpire would erupt in anger, the coaches and players braced themselves for Ruth's expulsion from the game. However, the cool-headed Pinelli replied, Maybe so, babe, but mine is the only opinion that counts. <laughs> we need to realize that God's Word is all that matters. Listen. Listen to what I'm saying. My tradition and my opinions don't matter. And the way I was raised was not with, with this book, with the Bible. And so a lot of my opinions and a lot of my traditions, they would contradict what this book says. So my tradition and my opinions don't matter. And may I also say, your tradition and your opinions don't matter either. The tradition and opinions of everybody else in the world doesn't matter. God's Word is the only truth. And that is what matters. And we need to get back to the Bible and say, okay, maybe I believe this, but it's not in the Bible. And I need to believe what the Bible says. And I need to obey what the Bible says. Imagine, if you will, that you work for a company whose president found it necessary to travel out of the country and spend an extended period of time abroad. So he says to you and the other trusted employees where you work, look, I'm going to leave, and while I'm gone, I want you to pay close attention to the business. You manage things while I'm away. I'll write to you regularly, and when I do, I will instruct you in what you should do from now until I return. Everybody agrees to that. He's gone for a couple of years. During that time, he writes often, he communicates his desires, he concerns his instructions that you're to obey. And finally, he returns. He walks up to the front of the company and immediately discovers that everything is a mess. Weeds are flourishing the flower beds, windows broken across the front of the building. The gal at the front desk is dozing. Loud music roaring from several offices around the place. Two or three people engaged in horseplay back in the back room. Instead of making a profit, the business has suffered a great loss. Now without hesitation, he calls everyone together and he asks, what happened? What happened? Didn't you get my letters? Oh yeah, sure, sure. We all, we all got your letters. We, we, we got all your letters. Uh, we've even bound them in a book. And some of, some of us have memorized your letters. In fact, we have letter study once a week. You, you know, those were some really great letters. <laughs> I think the president would then ask, but what did you do about my letters, about my instructions? And you no doubt would respond, do? <laughs> well, Nothing. But we read them all. And they really were some 
mighty fine letters. Pretty silly, isn't it? Pretty sad. As those who would be called followers of Christ, as those who say we love Jesus, the responsibility has been put on our shoulders to be true to God. On every one of our shoulders. And to be true to our God, we must be obedient to our God. There is no other way but to trust and obey. Remember, when God puts a period, do not change it to a question mark. Maybe there's some area of your life where you haven't obeyed. And today is the day that you need to step forward and obey. Maybe all of us in here have, have, have repented. Maybe there's something you do need to repent of. Come on up and repent. Maybe there's something, uh, maybe you need to be baptized. Maybe there's some other place in the Bible that you've not been obedient to. And you know it. Jesus keeps saying, well, that's not all that important. I don't need to do that. But I love Jesus. He knows that anyway. But today will be a day to come up and just say, I repent of that and I need to get that right with God. And this is your opportunity to do so.